is happening, world. I'm your host, the Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak. And this week, me and Ben are going to be talking about the Patriots and the Celtics. All right, let's go. Celtics are doing pretty good. Yeah, so I was actually shocked that we swept Brooklyn. I thought they were, I, I wanted to see a sweep because I hate the New Jersey Nets. Yeah. I think they're terrible. Yeah. Kyrie and um, Kevin Durant, Durant teaming up yeah. while uh, Kyrie was still on the Celtics. It was a pretty bad look, so I was happy to see them get swept. Yeah, when we when we shut down Kevin Durant, I thought that was great. I mean, he actually did nothing in that series. I mean, I can't even say that he was even a, a, an all star in any way. Yeah, I thought they. Uh, I liked how he got a he scored a lot of points, especially in the fourth game. But they didn't seem very impactful. I felt like they still had him well contained, and they didn't really get into any rhythm. Defense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the defense was really great in that uh, series. And, um, you know, the stars showed up. I mean, Jason Tatum, uh, Brown, Marcus Smart, they all showed up, Horford, and they literally put a, a, an end to any kind of, you know, we want the Celtics. So, like, they were like, you got the Celtics, and we whooped your ass. Yeah, it was good to see them stand up to Kyrie. They, uh, they, they've had a great season building the defense, and then you look at Kyrie and the Nets, and they look so lost. They don't really have a system in place to to play defense against guys like Tatum and Brown, who seem like they're a couple levels higher than they were when Kyrie was here the first time. So they really, uh, they really put their stuff together. Oh, I agree 100%. And uh, I know that Kyrie got fined for uh, flipping off the fans and everything, but you know what? I, I agree with him in a way. I mean, <laughs> you're, being, you're being talked about belittled. I mean, if, you, if you're a fan and you're giving it, you should be able to take it. And, and I know there's little kids in the crowd. I get that. But the whole thing is, you're taking your kid to a sporting event where you know people like the guy next to you is going to be swearing. The guy behind you might be swearing. So if they're swearing, why are we penalizing these people that play the game for defending themselves? Yeah, playoff basketball in Boston. It's intense and everyone takes it seriously and there's a lot of animosity there. And uh, I, I think if you're going to take a kid to a game like that, you have to be ready to deal with that stuff. With the a hostile crowd. I agree. Like I agree 100%. Like, I was just watching uh, highlights of the, the Golden State game where Gary Payton Jr. got his elbow broken because the guy hit him in the head. And then Draymond Green got hit in the face and uh, split his eye. And they were all cheering that he got hurt. And, you know, he flipped them off. And he, and at his press conference, he said, look, you know what? I could have been seriously injured. I could have had a concussion. I could have been, you know, had numerous stitches. And these people are cheering that. He's like, so I, I, I'm willing to take the, the fine. I don't like the fact he said, I make $25 million. We don't need to need all that. You stood up for yourself. That was a great point. You should have just left it at that. Then when you start with doing all this other stuff, you sound like a pretentious douche. Sure. And uh, also in game one, Draymond Green got ejected pretty early. I thought it was kind of bogus he didn't really like i mean if they reviewed the play for a good five minutes and then they decided it was a flagrant two and ejected and my thinking is if you have to spend five minutes deciding whether or not he should be ejected in the playoffs you probably shouldn't eject and so he came back for game two and they went they went after golden state and it got ugly so i don't know there's there's a line there because i like to see physicality in the nba i think it's too scripted sometimes and too chalk you know the top seed or the home team beats the beats the road team the favorites always make it through to the end uh but <laughs> you can't get dirty i grew up headhunt people injured i grew up in the era where there was bill lambert and there was you know, they were like mm-hmm. breaking people in half you know and like they and Garnett would always get in. Yeah, I mean, nowadays you can't do that. I mean, and like, honestly, like LeBron James would not have made it during that time period because they were like 
hurting people's like those face masks because people were breaking their faces i yeah. mean it was a rough time period in the nba and uh and you had to be physically tough to be a part of it i mean like and um i'm not saying lebron is soft or any other people are soft i'm saying it was a different time period with different rules and how things were handled the nets are soft yeah they, they didn't do <laughs> they didn't do what they were supposed to do they were favored like at the beginning of the season they were favored to win the whole thing and yeah. like they did nothing yeah it's it's pretty funny to look at their roster uh they have kyrie irving and durant playing pretty much the whole game and then the rest of the guys they have blake griffin coming in for 18 minutes but he ends up giving them a spark like for example in the last game to close out the series blake griffin played 18 minutes he didn't score a point but he was plus 10 meanwhile kevin durant scores 39 points he's the only one really getting anything going for the nets but he's a minus six while he's on the floor so i mean they really didn't have much of a, in terms of depth on their roster. Everyone basically relied on Durant and Irving to carry them, and it wasn't enough. Yeah, I think it's like it's top heavy. You're paying all these people, they're paying two people the amount of the whole team, and then you try and put a bench around them, and that's just not how it's going to go. You need a bench. I mean, look at the Celtics. Their bench is actually doing really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are coming off the, the, the bench and like, like performing. Yeah, Grant Williams has been awesome. They just have these guys that play solid defense, and they, uh, have a good system so that it's it's team basketball. It's not just giving one guy the ball and, and then clearing the way so he can go one-on-one or on defense. You're not just saying, go ahead and score because we can keep up with you. They actually play physical team defense, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, in, in game one against Milwaukee, they threw the bigs against us, and we really did not do well. We didn't. Our defense was terrible, and uh, they outplayed us. They outplayed us totally. And um, game two was the total opposite. We we've basically we haven't locked down um, Giannis, but we've made him not as effective. If that makes any sense. Sure. And um, game two, we actually controlled everything, and we ended up beating him by almost twenty points. And uh, convincingly, like if you watch the game, we did not let up. We were just like like throwing threes and locking them down, and it was a totally transformation of the two games. Yeah, it was it was nice to see they hit uh, twenty threes in game two 46 percent and in, it was much better than game one they i don't know they seemed nervous or i mean this is a this is the defending champions now in this series the bucks you're playing against greek the freak who's the best player in, in basketball arguably and uh it's not amateur hour anymore they have to really play a solid it's going to be a long series it's to go back to Milwaukee and they lost home court advantage so it's it's a tough series now you're you're gonna have to you know make your shots you can't you can't win shooting 40 percent like in game one you have to actually you know play uh good ball movement and find good shots and, and uh you know keep up with to win yeah i agree and i think if we can do what we did in game two with you know not being like forcing the shot finding the open man passing uh confusing them basically because we were passing so much they were like that you didn't know who was going to get the ball and who was going to shoot and it kind of caused their defense to lack because they didn't know who to actually go to and uh, we had numerous people shooting the ball they have a lot of good role players too they'll have guys that come out and shoot threes or even make free throws like for compared to the nets the nets had one guy on the team that missed like 10 straight free throws or something the bucks are different they're a professional team they have a lot of veteran players they can um make fundamental plays that win you games and the celtics i think they this is a good matchup for them because it's gonna show them you know if they can come through it'll show them what they're made of yeah i agree and if we can do we can do good against this team and like possibly come up with a, a victory then i don't see anybody stopping us i mean i really don't i mean i mean miami's good uh, I just don't see them beating. Yeah, and then uh, Philly was the team that I was most concerned about, but they just lost Joel Embiid. To, I guess he broke his face. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> Again with the face, I'm just saying. <laughs> it, yeah, so 
I mean, the path is there. If they can play, come out and play like they did in game two, where they just come out firing. They uh, can come. I like when they play from ahead because it's hard to come back against their defense. But when they're the Celtics are playing from behind, then they seem to press and shoot a lot of threes that aren't exactly a great shot. They kind of sacrifice ball movement in order to pull up and fire off some quick threes, and I don't really like that style. So hopefully game three on the road, they can come out strong and quiet down the crowd because they need to get home court. They need to win one now in Milwaukee in order to take the series. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I agree with you. Like, if you live by the three, you die by the three. So they, they need to stop that. I mean, get in the paint. You don't need to constantly shoot threes. Great, you just did a, a you made a record in most threes, but we need to be in the paint. That's where we're going to win the battles, in the paint. They're bigger than us, but that doesn't mean they're better. Yeah, they have a really strong uh, big man core, too, with Giannis and Brooke Lopez. They're they're really strong and made it tough on the Celtics in game one. I, I read a stat. can't remember exactly what it was, but it's something like the Celtics never had a playoff game where they made fewer than uh, 10 two-point field goals or something. And in that game, they made six or some, something like yeah, that awful, all game awful, so awful. Uh, they never had a game like that in the history of the team in the playoffs and so i think they probably recognized that and came back in game two and said we got to play a more well-rounded offensive game yeah it was painful to watch <laughs> very painful to watch so besides being in the playoffs with the Celtics, uh the patriots just had a draft and um so they got a lot of scrutiny because the very first pick they took was Cole Strain out of Chattanooga, an offensive leg. <laughs> yeah, very strange pick out of um, offensive lineman out of Chattanooga. Everybody's saying he could have went in like the third round, but we took him in the first. What do you? Th- I think it's okay. I mean, what? A lot of people have been giving the Patriots bad grade for this draft. Everyone comes out with draft grades the day after the draft, and it gets a little carried away, I feel like, because it seems like everyone either gives out A's or F's, and the Patriots are getting F's. But this is the kind of draft pick they usually make. They just traded Shaq Mason, so they have they needed a player on the offensive line, and they're going to take Cole Strange, and he's going to start from day one. Yeah, And he, I think he was one of the, I, I think after they made the pick, there wasn't an offensive line that went off the board until their next pick in round two. But that doesn't mean that it's bad value because they saw a player that they could put right into their lineup. They don't have to worry about the position and they can move forward. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, well, Skarnakia retired. So they, you know, but Skarnakia still has input into the, this draft. So like if Skarnakia said this guy is someone you desperately want, then Bill Belichick's definitely going to take him and he fits our mold. I mean, like you said, he's going to start right away. And we need, I mean, granted, he's not flashy. You know, we didn't get flashy person. Sorry, sorry, draft. But um, we got need and um, we didn't fill our need with linebacker, which kind of made me mad because I was hoping that we'd like, get at least a linebacker. Sure. But um, I see what Bill's doing. He went out and he got like areas of absolute need, not like little need. We have some inside linebackers and outside linebackers that are good, but we really needed to upgrade on the offensive line and the DBs. And if you look at our draft, in the, the second round, we took uh, Taquan Thornton, wide receiver, good pick. And uh, I know everybody's saying he could have went later, but it doesn't matter. We have him. He's supposed to be really good. And then third and fourth rounds, we went uh, Marcus Jones, defensive back jack jones defensive back uh to go along with matt jones <laughs> <laughs> so we're keeping jones up with the joneses um <laughs> and then we took pierre strong uh junior running back uh a running back uh pierre strong junior running back and then billy zappe a quarter zappe zappe yeah quarterback and uh everybody's confused by that but you know what uh stendham's probably gone uh we're probably getting rid of stendham and we needed a backup and hoyer's our backup for now and he's a veteran but we need someone to come in as another person like hoyer and that, i feel that's going to be billy's a pick so uh just to go back to what you said about the linebackers i 
I, I was pretty. I'm still pretty concerned about their run defense. They got gashed by uh, a couple teams by the year, but most uh, recently the Bills when they lost in the playoffs, and uh, they just were kind of a sieve, letting running backs take you know 10 yards of carry on first down. So I, I wanted to see them up, you know, get a young stud linebacker who can help in the run game or a big defensive tackle. There was one guy that went to the Eagles in the first round, Jordan Davis. He's a big nose tackle that would have been a good fit. But they do, like you said, they do have some good players uh, at linebacker that are still young that can hopefully develop. And um, they just, I guess they saw more of a need on on the offensive side of the ball. And then a lot of uh, teams kind of think about rookie contracts. They like to leverage those contracts um, so that they don't have to pay veterans. So drafting a guy like a backup QB or another running back, they took two running backs total in the draft and uh, three offensive line plus the quarterback. So they kind of like to stock up their, you know, those backup positions with young players so that they can save money on their rookie. Oh yeah. And you know, develop them. And we did get Sam Roberts, which is a defensive lineman. He's a big boy. So if we pair him in the middle, I mean, that'll help. And then with free agency coming, we don't know what's going to be released by uh, other teams as far as linebackers. So there's, and there's still our own linebackers that were out there, you know, uh, Collins, Hightower, and then there's Trey Flowers that, you know, used to be with the Patriots. So there are people out there that we could get. Sure. And, uh, I, I'm honestly not too down on this draft class. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver out of Baylor, uh, he ran the fastest 40 time at, out of everyone at the enti- entire combine. So at least they're going in that direction where the Patriots are on the record saying they want to get fast just as a team. So they drafted a guy. He's he's tall, too. He's like 6'1 or 6'2, I believe. Yeah. So uh, they are going to go for some guys that you know will add speed to the team and hopefully carve out some roles on the offense because they definitely could use someone to stretch the field like that. I agree. I feel the need the need for speed uh, <laughs> i then, also like the the draft pick of strange in the first round because they like my favorite version of the patriots offense is when they take their linemen and they swing them out in front of the ball carrier and then they just have the linemen charging down field in front of the ball carrier and i think they're going to do that with with strange he seems like he's an athletic lineman who who can get out and protect on screen passes and things like that swing passes to kendrick Bourne or the running backs and i really like when the patriots do that because they get their big guys charging forward and the ball carrier behind them and I think they pick up a lot of first downs that way and get put a lot of drives together. Oh, I agree. So I think it's going to be a, a valuable component to the offense. Oh, I agree. And then, you know, our undrafted free agents that we brought in, uh, uh, Derek King, the quarterback, wide receiver, running back, uh, he's supposed to be, like, really good. Like, he's very versatile. Bill Belichick loves versatility. Yeah, one of, another, uh, another one of those athletic college quarterbacks that could have more of a uh, playmaker role on offense. Like so. Julian Edelman. Yep, Edelman, Jacoby Myers was yep. one. Um, yeah, so they love guys like that. Uh, Taysom Hill from the Saints is another sort of model of that position who can play quarterback or uh, catch or, or run the ball. So I think that's a trending piece to have on offense, a guy that you can just line up wherever you can think and, and, and maybe come up with a trick play or, or give him the ball, see if you can change up the pace a little bit, things like that. So Yeah, and I think um, during the playoffs, the Patriots showed that a lot of these teams that are out there, 
have weaknesses against the running backs, like fast, quick running backs. And if you look, we've got rid of our fullback. Fullback position has been discontinued, but we brought in all these running backs. There's got to be a reason. Bill Belichick has a reason why he did this. He didn't just bring these people in to sit in the bench or he brought them in for a reason. I mean, whether it's like constantly switching out the running backs or maybe lining up the running backs in a certain position where you have a multiple running backs on the field and then, you know, they all, all these running backs they've drafted are screen catch uh, running backs. And we have screen catch running backs on the, our team. So they're up to something. Sure. And James White, he just came off of a season-ending hip injury. I think it was a hip dislocation or something like that. So it was really serious and he's already, uh, old running backs have a really short shelf life so he's already getting older in his career and, and uh, by average stance. And so they could definitely use uh, the next guy in that role because that's always been a key part of the Pats offense like Kevin Faw, Danny Woodhead, Shane Vereen, James White, like guys who they can swing the ball out to for you know, 10 targets a game and give them an out. The, the quarterback needs an outlet in case there's nobody open downfield. So I think bringing in rookies like that to give give someone that role is really important. Yeah, and I think there's a lot still left to be done. I mean, Nikhil Harry's option for the fifth year was not uh, picked up. He's trade bait, and then now we have multiple trade bait options. I mean, so there's going to be like moves made by Bill Belichick that we just don't see. I mean, we're not in the war room. We're not one of his coaches. We don't know what's going to happen. Bill Belichick has been successful for a long, long time. So questioning him is really silly. Yeah, and Bill we trust. And Bill we trust. <laughs> That's uh, the we, saying, but... Live or die. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. See, I mean, the uh, the coaching staff is uh, in a weird spot too. There's a lot of question marks about who's going to be in charge of the offense. They just lost Josh McDaniels to the Raiders, and um, so I don't know how it's going to be in terms of scheme. I don't know if they're going to try to move, you know, uh, take the training wheels off the passing game more because uh, Mac Jones entering his second year. Maybe they will be more dynamic in terms of uh, throwing to the receivers downfield because they added Devonte Parker who seems like he's a really good fit for the offense uh, they have they already have Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers uh, who are more slot or over the catching passes over the middle type of guys so bringing in a guy like Devonte Parker who's proven to to be a good receiver on the sideline I think that is going to be a really important um, dynamic so I think they're going to have a, a lot of transition and could be not it could not be so pretty you know sometimes but uh, I think they have a lot of good pieces that that could uh, that could threaten some teams. Yeah, I agree. And Nelson Aguilar needs to step up, or else he's also trade bit. I guess I mean, you could probably trade him now. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. That, like I said, that still has to be done. And then um, the the tight end has to uh, step up. He 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 was paid a lot of money to come in, and he hasn't really. He was a good blocker, but you know what? We didn't pay you to block. We paid you to catch the ball. Yeah, Hunter Henry was awesome last year, but John Smith struggled. And I actually thought Smith was like my favorite free agency signing last because he's so athletic. At tight end, I thought he was exactly the guy that um, Bill would want to put in his offense. He's always lusted after those uh, dynamic tight ends like like Gronk. And then back in his uh, Giants days, it was Mark Bobaro. Yep, yep, Bobaro. So uh, I think they they have to have a, a better plan for John Smith this season because they don't want to waste that investment. So he's too good. I think he's too good of an athlete to let him underwhelm again. So I don't know if there's something, some sort of disconnect there or if they just had a bad plan for him last year. Hopefully this year he becomes much more of a, a focal point of their offense. Yeah, they definitely need to open up the offense more, like get get the ball into their wide receiver's hands, you know, let them run. They're fast receivers, uh, athletic. They can do a lot of damage in the backfield. So, you know, just, just throw the ball to them and let them handle it. I mean, yeah. you know, if, you, if you're afraid that that's not their, their, their style, then trade them. And the, the Jets and Dolphins 
got a lot better. The Dolphins look awesome on offense. Yeah. They got Tyree Kill. They have Jalen Waddle from the draft last year, who's he set the rookie record for receptions in one season. The Jets also have their second year QB Zach Wilson, and then they just drafted Garrett Wilson in the top ten, a wide receiver. And so they're loading up, and then the Bills, uh, they look like possibly the top contender in the AFC. Yeah. So the Patriots have to take the next step if they're going to win the division and be a contender in the AFC. So yeah. they have some pieces in place, but they definitely need to step it up this year compared to us. Oh, 100%. Everybody needs to, like the it's AFC has just got brutal. Yep, yep, the AFC got brutal. I mean, if you look at it, was it uh, Denver, Las Vegas, Kansas City, uh, San Diego, that division right there, oh my God. That's... Yeah, that division's going to be awesome to watch. I, I hope they get a lot of primetime games. Yeah, and then, you you know, if you look at the um, AFC North with um, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, I mean, the, the AFC really looks good this year. It's going to be a rough, rough road to the Super Bowl through the AFC. Yeah, and the uh, the Colts just got Matt Ryan, who I think is a perfect fit for, for their offense, their They'll be, they're playing in the Dome and in Indy. So, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, you know the Patriots do have a lot to work on if they're going to stay competitive. But like I said, yeah. there's still moves that can be made, so a lot of stuff can happen. Yeah, I would like to see them uh, make another move, just shore up their run defense. I just have nightmares of them getting gashed. Those are my least favorite times watching the Patriots is when they play those teams that just run the ball 10 8, 10, 12 yards of pop for the whole game. They have 200, 250 yards rushing on 40 carries, and, and you just spend the whole game watching them slowly move down the field, and the Patriots can't do anything to stop it. So I feel like they have a good you know, lineup, but they could use another defensive tackle, like a nose tackle or a linebacker, make the run defense more of a, a threat. Yeah. Make, make, make teams throw downfield against the Patriots. When, when they can just slowly, methodically run the ball down the field, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, like the, the Bills game was brutal watching it. They just ran all over us. It was it was sure. awful to watch. I mean, and we were like, like what, third best defense in the league, supposedly, and they, they, they just like exposed us so bad. Sure, and the Bills kind of peaked at the end there on offense. Uh, they lost that uh, last second game against the Chiefs, but they were right there. They could have easily moved on to the championship game uh, versus the Bengals. And uh, I think if you're going to let offenses like the Bills go march down the field so easily, Josh Allen's going to score a touchdown when he gets into the red zone. So they're not going to kick field goals. So games get away from you like that. And the defense needs to be more of a a factor if they're going to compete. I agree. I do appreciate you coming on and sharing your input into this uh, sporting seasons. Great. Great to be here. Oh, of course. And like, listen, he's going to be on again because there's so much stuff to talk about in sports. We got football. We got the rest of the NBA uh, playoffs. And, you know, it's going to be fun having him on like to to have someone talk to you about sports. You know, me and Kara do our thing. Now me and Ben can do our thing with the sport. We'll we'll talk about the Red Sox. Oh, oh, yeah. We don't need to talk about that. (laughs) No, no, no. Unless they can, like, do something to to shore up the the bullpen. Uh, Other than that, no. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, in rough shape. So let's just leave them for another day. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, please tune in next week to What's Happening.